Welcome to another Resilient Stories podcast where we share the grit and glory behind the stories of amazing people like you who have bounced back from failure and adversity to go on and live the best lives on purpose. Today's show is being sponsored by Million Dollar Business Pathway, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and sell. If you want to learn how to tell and sell your story, go to tawatson.com under the programs and products tag and click on Million Dollar Business Pathway to get yourself started. So folks, are you guys ready for another amazing episode today? Joining me, I have my good friend, my former teammate, and my fraternity brother, Jamil Carr. Hey, what's up, brother? What's going on? What's going on? I'm so Welcome excited to, show, to be here. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you Glad for having to me. Glad to have you here, man. I appreciate you, your willingness to come on and share your story with the audience as well, man. Really, yeah. really appreciate that. So, Jamil, before we get into it, why don't you let the audience know who you are without going into your story and then any latest that's going on with you? Yeah, so um, Jamel Carr, um, like you said, former teammate. So uh, Golden Gopher. Right, go, go. Um, so excited <laughs> to be here. Right, right, right. So um, I am a serial entrepreneur, um, but my training is in marketing. My background is in marketing. have worked for some major brands. Um, started off after um, getting my MBA, you know, working with um, Kimberly Clark on the Huggies brand, hmm. um, then moving to Ohio and working with Nestle Prepared Foods. So worked on brands like Lean Cuisine wow. and Stouffer's. So, you know, took that marketing background. I'm talking about billion dollar brands. So when you look at Lean Cuisine, it was a billion dollars at the time I was there. Stouffer's was about 2 billion. Um, 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 Huggies Diapers was at 4 billion at the time. So billion dollar brands took that experience and wanted to do something on my own. So started Project Forward Marketing Solutions. Um, and that's where we work with smaller businesses to help them develop their brand strategies, yeah. help them to grow their brands um, using those um, those ideals and those strategies from those large brands and executing them with yeah. some of the smaller businesses. So I work with smaller to mid-sized businesses. Um, I'm in the Ohio area, but work with businesses um, all over the Midwest and can work with even farther. Um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I do now. So excited, a lot of things, uh, you know. Um, have done some other things. Have I, I, I really am? You know, people have been starting to use the term serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I am that serial entrepreneur now. So, um, but really focused on the marketing piece and doing other things as well. So, man, that's, that's awesome, brother. And if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can reach me at um, my website is um, www.projectsforward.com. So that's P R O J E C T S, the number four, and W A R D.com, projectsforward.com. Um, and they can reach me via email at info at projectsforward.com as well. Um, I'm also on social media. Probably the best way to find me on social media. Again, one of my other entities is Uplift Tees. Um, you can see here, I am I am five-fifths of a man. That's one of my tees. Um, Uplift Tees, you can follow me there um, on social media. Um, or you can find me on uh, Projects Forward um, as well um, on Facebook. That's awesome, man. And, and again, folks out there, you're talking about one of the most positive brothers I've come across, man. His whole clothing line is about up, uh, uplifting and inspiring other people, man, to be the best they can be. 
He also forgot to throw in that he's an actor as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor. He acted in my, my movie and he was in uh, uh, the most recent movie. What was the movie you were in re recently? So uh, Judas, yeah. So yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah. So I had a, um, <laughs> I would say an act, a role. Um, I was an extra. Uh, so yeah, very excited about that. I've done uh, some extra work in a couple of films, especially uh, Tommy's movie. So um, he had me getting beat up or almost getting beat up in his movie, but uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, that's just something that I, you know, that I, I, I like to do, you know, it's something that it wasn't something that I really sought out doing. Uh, but a couple of opportunities came my way. Um, I, it was funny because I used to be on the other side of the camera hmm. uh, when I was at Kimberly Clark and at Nestle, you know, when we did commercials, I was yeah. the, I used to manage commercials um, for those organizations. So I was on the other side of the camera, you know, saying, no, can you move the child over right. here? Or can you get a closer tight on the food, uh, closer food shot, uh, tighter shot on the food here? Uh, but now being on the other side, you know, standing in the crowd. But I, I tell you that your movie, and it's funny, the movies have been inspiring that I've that I've been a part of. So your movie wow. in this um, Judas and the Black Messiah, man, just to be in that situation where hearing him give that speech, yes. it was almost like you were there. And it was, you know, almost like people were getting really energized and yes. motivated in the crowd to go out and make a change. So that was exciting. So it's awesome. Uh, yeah, a little part of what I do. Yeah. So, so Denzel, watch out, man. If you have to listen, brother, watch out. Jamel, yeah, talk. they let me speak in a movie and it's over. I'm telling you, <laughs> I get that sad card. It's over. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So brother, you, as you know, uh, Resilient Stories podcast really focuses a lot on trying to bring successful people like yourself on and having you walk through uh, one of your most difficult times in your life. So our audience can really kind of get a, a blueprint in terms of if they've gone through something similar or know of other people who are going through it, but they can turn people on to that blueprint. And I appreciate right. you coming on. So I'm going to start with my first question is, Jamel, what's been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome personally or professionally in your life? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been many obstacles, um, but I would probably say it goes to the beginning, man, and where I came from. Um, it's funny that you asked the question because going back, um, I remember I was at Nestle and um, I had a, a, I was interviewing a consultant to come in and speak, uh, do some work for, uh, for Nestle. And they were from the Chicago area. And I told them um, where I was from. I told them I grew up in Ida B. Wells. Cause you know, we were talking, they were like, oh, you're from Chicago? Yeah, which side? You know, always the South side, gotta represent the South side. Right. And they were like, where at? And so I, you know, around Comiskey, oh, where at? And so I finally said, I grew up in Ida B. Wells projects. Mm. Um, that's where I was born and raised up until I got ready to go to high school. And they were like, wow, well, how did you get here? Wow. And I was like, you know, that made me pause for a second to really think about, you know, what had, what I had done, because, you know, you go through things and you go through them and you right. don't really look back until you get to the other side or whatever right. the case may be. Um, but I would say that is the big, biggest obstacle, you know, growing up, um, you know, in the, in the, in the projects on the South side of Chicago, um, single parent household, you hear that story all the time, but, um, you know, not really having anyone that had graduated from college, so mm. hadn't seen that, um, hadn't experienced that. I remember my eighth grade graduation, it was always like this big thing, like, you know, wow. it was eighth grade and we had a graduation and people wow. were treated like they were graduating from high school or from college because that was the expectation. That was the farthest that people expected some to go and many right. that was the farthest that they went. So uh, growing up in that environment, um, you know, tough sometimes, you know, not knowing 
um, where the next meal was going to come from or um, getting home safe from school because of gunfire, because of, you know, gang activity. Um, I remember my oldest brother who grew up in Mississippi, but he came to, you know, try and live with us. He couldn't get home because the gangs were had literally stopped him and was going to make him join, you wow. know, the gang. And, wow. um, you know, he told me and my brother to run on and get my parents. So growing up in that type of an environment, um, but still having a, a goal, a focus of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to achieve, um, you know, I would say that's my, that's been my biggest obstacle. It, it actually, it was my big, biggest obstacle, but also my biggest motivation, you know, for wanting to do better, wanting to um, get out of that environment and be able to impact others, impact my family, but impact others as well. So, sure, um, sure. you know, yeah. I don't have like the, 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 the really traumatic um, events that happen, but just growing up in that environment where people mm. always told you or always insinuated that you wouldn't be able to make it out, right. that you wouldn't be able to do anything more than some of the people that they see in the neighborhood now, yeah. that you would always be a product of that environment or um, not just a product of that environment, because I am a product of that environment, just, right. just still in that environment. Right. And, and um, so I would say that was my biggest, biggest obstacle, man. And overcoming that, I would say it has been my, um, you know, has been that first step that has allowed me to overcome many more obstacles in my path. And I appreciate you sharing that, Jamel, because that's um, that's a big challenge for many folks. You know, for many of us who haven't grown up in Chicago, you know, we hear a lot about the projects in Chicago, in particular for Green and Green and stuff like that, though. Um, so being, being a young person in Chicago, man, in particular in the 80s and 90s, when the, the crack epidemic was huge in our country, man. Yeah. Tell the viewers, man, what you what it felt like, man, being in that place, man, where, um, you know, where you constantly feel like you're under siege all the time. So tell yeah. me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. I mean, you felt like you were under siege. Um, you, you saw despair kind of, you know, all around you. Um, you tried to escape it at school or, you know, at different places, um, but it was always there. You know, I had, had um, and I always, you know, the first thing people always ask you, were you in a gang or, you know, whatever. Um, I was never in a gang, but, you know, you learn how to survive in right. the areas that you were, that you were in. I mean, you wore your hat the wrong way um, at that time um, or wore the wrong color hat in a neighborhood and you could be, you know, um, <laughs> a lot of bad things can happen to you. You know, I, I actually got caught up one time because I did grow up in an area where you wore your hat to one side, to the right side. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got caught up in the wrong neighborhood at my cousin's house. People saw me go in with my hat tilted a little bit to the right. And, um, you know, they were waiting on me outside. I had to call for help, call for, you know, backup to come help me get out of there. But that was the type of, that was the type of things that you grew up in. You saw things that, you know, you saw people that were, I mean, that were on crack, that were stealing things. You know, I have family members that were, that were on drugs um, um, or going through their own personal things. And it was like, you saw it wherever you went. You saw it in your hallways, in your building. Um, when you went upstairs trying to just get home, you saw it. And, um, and, you know, just going down the, sh going down the street in the areas that you were in and you were always just on guard, you know, always felt like you couldn't let your guard down. You had to see what was going on because really it was just, it was just, it was just tough. And, and literally, um, you know, you talk about a, 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 
you know, a mouse or a rat going through a maze. It was just like trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this maze? Um, you know, that is life. That is, is the life that we were growing up in at the time. So it was difficult, but you know, you always, we always find joy in, in even the toughest times. So, you know, while it was the projects, while it was tough, while you did see people doing things that, um, that, was you know was was not the best interest for them or their families or or things like that. You also had those people that pushed you and that motivated you and that were around that you could find that you know find that roles in the concrete you know um, and, and people you know people that kind of uplifted you and that was one of the things that I was lucky that I had people that believed in me um, that wanted to you know wanted to see me do better and that was probably part of the reason why I wasn't you know pushed as hard to actually join or be initiated um, into, into a gang because people saw that I was trying to better myself, that's you know, that's trying awesome. to, you know, that's the, that's the dude that get A's in, in school or wow. Wow. that's the dude that, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, they kind of shielded me. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I was in fifth grade and um, my classroom was, uh, I, I was, we, we had like the, the, um, the top class, if you will, the, the highest scoring class. So, so fifth grade, you had the top class and then you had the bottom class, right? So we were considered to be a gifted or whatever the case may be. They didn't use that terminology, but it was the top fifth grade class. Well, um, because of over, uh, because of the size of the class, they had to take like six of the students from the top class and put them in the lower class just to clear out the numbers, to get the numbers right. So because my last name started with a C, they just literally went to the top, top six or whatever. And I was moved from the top class to the bottom class. Wow. And I was like, I was devastated, man. I was like, wow, you know, it was, although I still went back to the top class for reading or for a couple of periods during the day, I was in the, the bottom class. But what I, what I quickly realized, um, and one of the things that have stuck with me to this day is that when I was in that class, um, I worked with some students that were far smarter than some of the people in the in the top class, but they just didn't believe in themselves. They had been told so long that even at that age that they couldn't, or this is all you're going to be, this is all whatever. And I had one of the guys um, who ended up being like, you know, younger, but still one of the, the top gangbangers or whatever. He was like, man, I appreciate you helping me. Wow. You know, most people would come down here and help us. They would talk whatever, but we would work on homework. We would work on stuff in class and I right. didn't act like I was better. That's you know, right. I recognized them for what they are, what were smart kids and That's was true. able to do the same work. They just hadn't been pushed and hadn't been given, you know, that motivation to be able to succeed. So I thank God for the people that have pushed me in my life um, that have uh, believed in me and saw things in me that sometimes I didn't even see in myself and actually looked out for me at different situations. And that was kind of the environment that you had, you know, in the projects, you had people that would look out for you because they knew that this, you know, this guy was good at basketball or this guy was good at school or this guy was good or whatever. So don't knock them off that path. You know, it wasn't always that easy, but you did have people looking out for you sometimes. That's, that's good stuff, man. Kudos to you, man, for recognizing the talents and skills of those younger folks who, man, who weren't getting those same opportunities, you know, and not yeah. believing themselves, you know, so you mentioned mentors. What were some of the things, uh, or, or, or tell us about that mentor and what, what, what was one of the things that that mentor told you, if you had one or two mentors you can mention to us? Yeah, um, man, it's, it's funny because, you know, my mom, even though 
we were, we were, we had it tough and it was difficult. She always tried to give us different experiences, right? Mm. So she would take us to different restaurants or take mm. us to different areas of Chicago. Let's go downtown. Let's go, you know, see this. So that was, um, my mom was, was a mentor, of course, yes. but I also had a couple of mentors at that young age. Um, one is a, is a pastor now. Um, he was, it was funny. He was in seminary school when, um, when I met him, his mom actually worked at the elementary school that I went to. And um, he took a couple of kids under his belt. Um, uh, Pastor uh, Myron Austin is his name. He's still in Chicago or in, in out in Maywood doing his thing. Um, but he took an interest in a couple of students, uh, myself, along with like two others, three others. And he was like, I want you all to experience things outside Wow. of, you know, your environment. So, yeah. you know, took us out to Maywood, took us out to Bellwood, introduced us to his family, um, you know, um, took us to different events, uh, restaurants. So it was, he was, he was really, and everybody, all, it was funny because everybody always was like, he must want something. He must be up mm. to something. Wow. He must, you know, be whatever. But at the end of the day, no, he just wanted best for, for young people. Yeah. And not only I realized later, not only had he did that for us, he had did it for other students as well in other areas. I mean, he was on the west side. He would come to the south side just to show us different things. So he was definitely one of the people that um, that impacted me growing up. One of the others is, um, you know, I, I, I spoke about uh, athletics and being involved in different things. We had a, a park um, across from where we were. It was called Madden Park. So we had all these park districts. But uh, Mr. Holmes. Um, Mr. Kevin Holmes, he was like one of the uh, coaches for different things that was there. And um, he got us involved in a sport that I never thought I would be a part of. Right. Wow. So we grew up, you did baseball, you know, strike out on the wall or you play basketball, or you play football out in the park. But he had us play hockey. Right. So wow. it wasn't ice hockey. <laughs> he wasn't getting <laughs> us on any ice, but so it wasn't ice hockey, but it was floor hockey. Right. So it was basically all the same rules as hockey, but you played on the floor instead of ice. And we were one of the few black, you know, uh, majority black park districts that played floor hockey. Wow. So we were able to compete um, all over the city. You know, we came in, people were like, wait, this the team that we're playing? <laughs> but he, you know, he, he always wanted us to do different things. Yeah. You could play basketball and he coached basketball, was a good basketball coach. But he wanted us to try different things. He had people trying tennis. He had people trying golf. He had people, you know, playing floor hockey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he always told us, like, you can do whatever you want to do. Don't just think that you can, you know, do these things or put yourselves in this bucket. That's right. But you can do other things. And that was something that was uh, that I always look back on, man. I, 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 and, and from that day and from those experiences, what I've learned is, you know, don't close the door. Absolutely. On, on, on anything just because you're in your comfort zone. And, yes. and um, I, I just had a conversation about this with my son, my 14 uh, year old son, who's getting ready to go to high school. But I was like, you have to, I know you're comfortable. And I was in that situation before as well. But sometimes you have to look out of your comfort zone, right. because there's a lot more outside that you may not even know that will be able to benefit you down the road. And, and that was the thing that I think I learned most from those mentors, along with my teachers um, in school, my mom and my teachers, but to don't, you know, don't put yourself in a box. You have to look outside of that and be open to different things, open to different opportunities, 
open to moving away from home, open to, you know, trying a new business, open to whatever the case may be, try it. And if you believe, if you have faith, uh, faith is, a, is another, you know, key strength. I mean, something that you have to have inside, you have to pray about it. You have to have faith you have to step out on faith. But, um, but the opportunities come when you go outside of that comfort zone, you know, and that's what I think those mentors taught me early on. Don't just because you're in this environment, don't mean that you have to end up in this environment. You know, you can you can go outside of it, do uh, bigger things. And if you want to come back, we hope you come back. Definitely come back, you know, right. uh, and show people that you were able to do that. So that's, you know, I, I, I applaud my mentors right. uh, from back then. I applaud all the mentors that I've had over the years because they, they've been impactful in my life. And, you know, you're so right, man. Your mentors from your mother to the reverend to the coach, man exposure is absolutely everything, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and, and you know, one of the things I want to know on your darkest days, man, going one of the, the toughest cities in America, man, in one of the, you know, one of the most um, notorious housing projects in, in Chicago on, on your toughest days there, man, what, what kept you motivated to keep going, man? Why didn't you give up and do like everyone else? Um, I, I, it really was no choice. Okay. You know, it really was no choice. I, I, I felt like, the, the key thing that I've always wanted to do and um, that I always try to do is make an impact, sure. right? So the way that you make an impact is not talking about it, right? Um, you can hear a sermon any day, you know, but I'd rather see one, you know? <laughs> um, so my whole thing was that I can't give up. It's tough. Yep. It's going to be tough. I don't know how I'm going to get, get to college. I don't know how I'm going to get, you know, to whatever, but I got to do it because I got to show, I have to show that it can be done. That's right. And you can't give up. And, and the big thing for me was it wasn't, it wasn't about being the first or being, you know, whatever. It was just about being an example. Right, absolutely. You know, be an example that you can do this. One of the things that, you know, I, I talked about the different classes and all that um, and the, you know, the the gifted class or the whatever class. I used to hate when um, educators or people would say, you know, no, he's special. No, I don't. I, I'm not special. Right. I'm working. Right. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to, you know, um, I'm trying to. Uh, evolve and be better and do better but not special because when you put that special tag on that means that everybody else is less than right, absolutely and what my thing was was that i didn't want to be considered special i wanted to show people that if you worked if you did what you were supposed to do if you associated yourself with the right people if you surrounded yourself you know with the right iron sharpens iron steel steel sharpens steel put yourselves in the best situations that you can do great things, or you can do better things. You can, you can, you can get out of the environment that you're in. And so that was one thing that I always kind of kept with me. And that something that always pushed me was that I wanted to do better and not just for me, but to show other people that it could be done. Absolutely. And, and so those were the, those were the things that I thought about it when you wanted to quit, when you wanted to give up, Oh man, I can go out and make money um, real quick on the corner. You know what I'm saying? I know people that have product. I can go and get product. Right. I know people that are hitting the freights that I can go and get merchandise, sell merchandise. Hitting yeah. the freights was a thing over because our school was by a train line. People would hit the freight. So they would steal right. stuff off of the freights and sell them or whatever. Um, so you had things to, that you can get, you know, that could easily 
um, you could easily get involved in that would take you down the wrong path. My thing was, was that I didn't want to put myself in that situation um, where I could jeopardize anything down the road. So I wanted to, I, I, I don't know, you know, um, it was just something that, that the environment that God, that my family put into me, mm-hmm. that you can do better things. My mom um, used to tell me all the time, you know, <laughs> I'll put it like she put it. I'm going to whoop your butt <laughs> if I find out you're doing something because you're following someone else. Right. If you're going to do it, do it because you're leading it, yes. because you want to do it, because, yes. you know, whatever. Don't follow anyone else. And so that was always in my mind. Like, don't follow. Be right. a leader. Like, do do things that you know can get put you in a better situation right. and put you on a better path. So that was something that always, you know, burned inside of me was just wanting to do something to be better. Not to be great, just to be better. Right. Because if you be better, you know, that day when you're better, if you continue to be better, guess what? You are going to end up being great because <laughs> what, what do we used to say back in school? Good, better, best. Right. Never let it rest till your good is your better, your better is your best. If you continue to do better every day, and that's what I tell my son, just be better today. Yep. If you be better today than you were than you were yesterday, then you're on that right path to whatever it is that you want to achieve. And that was my thing growing up. I just wanted to be better. I wanted better and I wanted to do better. And I wanted to be an example to others that, hey, just because we grew up here, why can't I do that? Why can't I be here? And I love what we're seeing now in the country with the, you know, the first black female vice president or, you know, being able to see the first black president, because it not only is just us saying that you can do whatever you want to do, but we're seeing it. Absolutely. Living examples. And that's what we have to be. And that's what I wanted to be was just an example for others to be able to say, well, if Jamel did it, why can't I do it? I mean, right. if this person, if, if Dr. If, if Tommy turned into Dr. Watson, why can't I do it? You know right. what I'm saying? And I think that's that's the great thing about it is, is to be an example. That's why I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast because it shows people that, you know, you may be facing things that you think Absolutely. other people are not dealing with or haven't met or whatever, and I'm down, I will never get out of this or whatever. But the thing is, you have examples of people that have done it that have achieved some of their goals that have gone to places that no one ever thought that they would, you know, get to. And so that's something that kind of kept me going, you know, even in, in those, you know what, (laughs) in those tough days and even tough days today, you know, (laughs) tough days from three months ago, tough days, man, what can I do to be a better example? What, if I quit now, what is that going to look like? If I, you know, and, and it's not what other people think. It's just being able to show people that there's another option. Absolutely. You don't have to quit. You don't have to give up. You can continue on. And if this business fail, hey, I had a sandwich shop. If this sandwich shop doesn't make it, guess what? You can go right. go into something else. You can go into back to your marketing. You can go into uh, motivational t-shirts. You can go into, you know, your personal brand coaching academy, whatever the case may be, that there's an opportunity for you to, you know, continue to be better. Man, very well said, man, Jamil. And I appreciate you sharing that. You know, as you look back today, coming out of the projects of Chicago, would you do anything differently? Nah, no. Yeah. I want um, all my listening audience to pay attention now. I've asked every one of my podcast guests, would they do anything different? The answer was no. No. Because I mean, that's 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 what makes you who you are. All right. That's what makes you want, that's what drives you to be, you know, what it is that you want to be. I wouldn't change 
that background. I mean, because like I said before, while it was tough, there was also some great things, some great learning, some great people that I'm still in touch with, some people that are doing great things, you know, beyond, you know, things that I could only dream of doing that were from that same area, but they were doing great things. So, you know, I wouldn't change anything because that's, that's what makes me who I am. Right. Those experiences make, makes me who I am. I have a, um, I have a shirt, um, with he ain't me on it. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but I have one with he ain't me. And people always think like, oh, you're trying to tell people that, you know, you're better than them or you're, and they always take it to a, a relationship. Oh, well, your boyfriend or your ex is yeah, not me. Yeah. It's not the point that he ain't, he, he's not me. And from that standpoint, the whole standpoint of he ain't me is that I'm my own individual. Right. I bring different experiences to the table than anyone else can bring because I've lived them. So don't put me in a box and say that I'm this or I'm that, or I can't do this or I can't do that because I am me. I have my experiences. I know what I can bring to the table. I have my talents. I have my gifts, uh, you know, what God has given me to be mm -hmm. able to share. So don't put me in a box uh, because just because you see some similarities and I'm, you know, I'm a marketer. So yeah. we definitely, uh, <laughs> we strange. definitely segment people and segment, <laughs> right. But don't put me in that box. Right. Uh, and that's one of the things that, you know, I wouldn't change about me growing up because it made me who I am. Um, you know, some people, um, would say, oh, well, you know, it, it made you hard to some things. I don't know if it made me hard. To, it made me recognize and realize that these things can happen. Right. So if this can happen, how do you fight against that? How do you try to alleviate some of these problems? How do you actually go around those barriers instead of just saying, look, I'm just going to deal with it or whatever? It put me in a situation to really understand um, what can happen and what do I want to make happen? Right. So with that being the case, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it because, you know, even my, my, my cousin makes fun of me to this day, because listen, man, it's funny. I used to uh, wash my clothes, right? I always wanted to be kind of, you know, fresh dressed. And even though I didn't have the best clothes, I, yeah. I didn't want them to be dirty. I didn't want them. I used to wash my clothes in the tub or in the sink. Uh -huh. Then um, I would either put them in front of the oven or I would put them in front of, uh, you know, in the window or something like that. <laughs> and my cousin like, man, you know, my it's a female cousin. She was like, you almost had me burning down the house, you know, trying to be like you, um, drying my clothes in front of the oven. But that was my experience. That was my reality. That's what I had to do because if I wanted clean clothes at the time, that's what I had to do. So that's right. what I did. So um, so those experiences, man, I look back on and you can, you can smile about them now, but that's, that's what makes you appreciate things even more now when you get them, you know, I can appreciate that I take my clothes to the cleaners because right. I remember washing them in the, right. you know, in the sink and put them in front of the oven or I appreciate things more because of where I came from and what I went through. So many blessings, man, to come out of it though. So Jamil, as we um, look at our final question, um, we, we got a lot of folks coming off of 2020, man, it's been a tough year for many people out there. They lost jobs, lost loved ones, lost, lost finances, lost uh, confidence, man. What words of advice can you give those folks listening out there, man, that a brighter day is going to come. Yeah, um, it's it's been tough. It's been a tough year, um, and you. Uh, I mentioned earlier um, I, uh, about having faith. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know you can tell that mountain to move from here to there. Right. If you have that faith, if you believe um, that things will get better, things are going to get better. 
Right. You just have to believe that they are going to be able to get better. Stay the course. Do the things that you're supposed to be doing um, from a safety standpoint. And as far as business and personal, you know, we have to persevere. We talk about perseverance all the time, but we have to persevere. Persevere. We have to keep moving forward. We can't let this stop us um, because believe it or not, um, I believe that God kind of, you know, made some things happen to slow us down, yeah. to take a look at who are we? Who are we as a people? What are we doing? What are we trying to do? How are we loving one another? How are we not loving one another? You know, we had a lot of things to come, um, you know, come before us in 2020. But I think that it will make us better down the road if we learn from them, if we learn how to take care of ourselves, if we learn how to take care of our brother, if we learn how to, you know, look out for our family, if we learn how to come together and grow businesses together. That's the thing that, you know, people are looking at from a business standpoint. Oh, well, it took my business. Well, how can I work with other people to build that business back up? How can, you know, I'm, I'm excited because you reached out to me, say, hey, come on and tell your story or whatever the case may be. That's what we have to do. And I think that's what we have to continue to look at as we move forward, continue to have that faith, continue to persevere, right. continue to love one another because that's the way that we're going to get past anything that we're trying to do. Um, we have to reach across different aisles. We have to work with one another, work with people that you may not have thought that you were going to work with yeah. to be able to get things moving in the right direction. So, um, you know, it, it's been tough on all of us, um, but um, we have to keep keep living. We have to keep having faith and we have to keep moving forward. And yeah, I think that's, you know, that's the thing that we have to we have to really focus on. Great advice. Folks out there, if you're listening, man, if you're not pumped up right now, I'm not sure what's going on with you, man. My good friend, Jamil, my fraternity brother, my former teammate, man. If you're looking for a speaker, you're looking for a business coach, you got to reach out to him. And again, Jamil, if people want to contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so projectsforward.com. So www.projects, the number four, com. They can go there, sign up, send me an email. Um, they can also reach me through Uplift Tees. Um, I have a Facebook page um, as well as Instagram. Um, and, and if they want to just give me a call, 216-906-0894, 216-906-0894. Uh, would love to hear, talk to anyone, um, just, you know, whatever, whatever I can do, um, I would love to do it. I believe in building up people, building confidence. And that's what that's the one thing that I didn't kind of work in there. You mentioned it, but just building confidence. When you have confidence, I have a, 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 a speech that, as you know, um, I've been turning into a book. For a while. But it's it's um, high five of winning, why winners win. Hmm. And it has an acronym of taps into confidence. So it all taps into confidence. So you look at your talent. You know, what is it that the God gift that, that mm. God gave you? What are the talents that God gave you? You know, you have to be, uh, uh, you have to aspire to do different things. So you have to have those goals. You have to want to do better, right? And then you have to prepare yourself. Right. So you have to work hard at it. You have to practice. You have to study. You have to, whatever the case may be. And then that support. And that's what I've been talking about, that support system. And it's not just, um you know, your friends or people around you or people that have money or whatever. When I talk about support, it's your internal and external support. And mm. when I mention support, it's the people that want the same things for you right. or better that you want for yourself. And they're going to help you get there. Yes. Right. So if you have those things, you have the talent, you have the aspiration, you have the preparation, you have that support, 
guess what? You're going to have confidence. All of that allows you to tap into confidence. It taps into confidence. And once you have that confidence, you can go into any situation feeling like you belong, feeling like you can compete, feeling like you can um, do better, feeling like you can get up and break a mirror and get your team ready to go against Michigan in any situation. You know what I'm saying? You have that confidence. That's a story from um, from Tommy back in the day. I broke it in. It taps into confidence. So that confidence, man. So um, I know I got off on a tangent, but you had brought that up and I wanted to get that in that if I can just give people and that's what that's what the programs that I do, um, my personal brand coaching academy, uh, my speaking, all of that is all about just giving people yeah. confidence to do better. So how can I get that confidence? How do I build my brand to have that confidence? How do I, you know, um, put that support circle around me so that I can build my confidence so I can do right. better? Right. So if anybody want to reach out, shoot me a message via my website or via social media. Um, would love to hear from you. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. Uh, anything that I can do to help you with that confidence that you may just be lacking just a little bit to get you over the hump. That's what we're here for, to lift each other up, to uplift each other. Right. So he, he made it very easy for you folks. No excuses that you can't tap into a great business coach like my friend here. Um, so brother, we had a chance to talk about some tough stuff. You ready to have some fun? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So uh, this, this portion of our show is called the Rapid Fire Purpose Questions. I want to simply ask you a number of questions around purpose. I'm not going to expound on the questions. We want you to give us your best answer. Okay. Okay. All right. Go. First question is, tell us how you have turned a dream into reality. I've turned a dream into reality. I think some of the things that we've we've talked about, just um, believing, having faith, and and working hard. You know, I I grew up, you know, if you'd ask me what I wanted to be uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a business person, but I wanted to own my own business. And I think that I've, I've done that by working hard, by believing, by associating myself with people that want to do better things. And um, I've been able to turn that dream. Um, you know, it's not the biggest company. It's not doing, you know, millions of dollars out here, but it is helping businesses and helping people. And it's something that I can say it's mine, you know, um, that I'm uh, that I'm helping people through this business. So that would be that would be turning a dream into a reality, be able to own my own business and be a serial entrepreneur. I've been able to do that. Good answer. What gives your life meaning? Man, love and my family. Um, you know, people talk about success. And when I talk about winners winning and all of that, um, winning and, and being a winner, meaning having that 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 family around you, that love, that you know, that that you can make things better for them, you can share with others, you have those moments with them. So what gives my life meaning is, is my family and my love that I have for them and for the people around me. Now, it may not be blood family. It could be, you know, fraternity family, church family, whatever. But it's that love. And that's what gives my life meaning and be able to have those people to be able to reach out to, to express myself to. They express themselves with me. So that's what gives my life meaning. Awesome. awesome. What word best describes you? Um, I would have to say relatable. Okay. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, even um, when I was in management at, um, you know, there's a, there's a part of a, a poem that say, if you can walk with kings, not lose your common touch. I, I really believe that I've been able to, wherever I've gone, even being from the projects, when I go into an interview or going into a scholarship interview or interviewing other people, I'm able to relate to them on some level because I have 
empathy. Absolutely. And because I have empathy, I'm not looking at you as this, or I'm not looking at you up here. I'm looking at you of where you are and what you're doing, and I'm appreciating that. So I think relatable is the word, and I think that's been able to, uh, that's something that has helped me to be able to maneuver in different situations and be successful in different situations. Because even from a marketer, I have to be able to understand what my consumer is going through, right? What are they dealing with? How do they want to build awareness or what's going on in their life that my product or my service will be able to help them? So I think relatable. Um, it may not be a fancy word, but um, I think that's the word answer. that describes me. Good answer. <laughs> what problem do you want to solve in our world? What problem? Um, I mentioned it earlier, and I know it's a, you know, it's a, um, a answer that people always uh, uh, give, but I think that it's not only about love, but it's also about respecting one another. And if we can respect one another, that will allow us to love one another. Because if you respect, I just, you know, I respect who you are and what you're doing. So how do we actually start to respect one another, regardless of our races, regardless of our colors, regardless of where we came from? If you came from the projects or whatever, I'm not going to disrespect you because you came from there. I'm going to respect you because you're bringing yourself to the table or whatever. So the problem that I would like to solve um, is, is us being able to respect one another. And, you know, and I think that leads to, um, this whole idea of, um, you know, when we talk about police brutality and, and those things with the police, I think that we not only have to respect one another, but we also have to hold people accountable. And if I could change one thing, I would say that um, that I would create a law that um, that would hold not only individual police mm -hmm. or people in power uh, responsible, but the people that train them, the districts that they come from. Yeah whatever precinct they come from, I have to hold you accountable as well because you put this person out on the street and said that they were going to do the right thing. So if I were to change the law, it's not that I can only prosecute you, Mr. Police Officer, but I can also prosecute your precinct and hold them accountable for your actions because they were the ones that um, that put you out and said they had trained you and did the thing. So um, you know, I, I know that was more than one thing. So You just tapped into another question I even answered yet, man. Oh, really? Yeah, that's good. That's good, though. All right. So what do you wish you had more time to do? Uh, um, what do I wish I had more time to do? Um, I, I guess I wish I wish I could travel more. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily just time, but just resources in general. Um, but I wish I could I wish I could uh, travel more. And the other thing is that, you know, as we've talked about you and I've talked about um, just just taking time to to put things down on paper. You, you're moving all the time. You're always going. You're always working on this next project. You're always whatever. But in reality, things don't really come into existence until you put them down on paper. So you have to take time to put things down on paper. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? And that's something that I have to, I, I have to, you know, instill in myself. I have to work on myself. Is just taking the time to put things down on paper. Put my book down on paper, but put other things down on paper as well because that book, that that's when they come coming. to reality. That book is coming. What was your favorite <laughs> thing to do as a kid? My favorite thing to do, uh, um, it's funny. I, I would say sports. I, I love sports or whatever, um, but I really love live performances, right? So 
we would go, we, some people didn't like going on some of the school trips because we're going to orchestra hall or we're going to see a play, but I love live performances just to see people with their craft and to be able to turn into somebody else or do something different or whatever. So, or singing, you know, uh, being you able all, to sing. You always want to be an actor then, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> always, always appreciated, always appreciated acting and people with those talents and being right. able to do things spontaneously or, you know, practice them or do them in front of, in front of other people. So um, I love going to, and I still love going to live performance. I love going yeah. to concerts. I love going to plays, those type of things. So I, I always liked that as a kid though. Yeah, I did. <laughs> what, what did your 15 year old self imagine you'd be doing right now? Um, my 15 year old self uh, probably would, would say that I would be leading um, a top company. Okay. Um, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, or like I said before, um, I wanted to kind of run my own company okay. or be in charge, uh, uh, or be the head. I would, I wouldn't say be in charge, be the head, be the leader, okay. um, uh, of a company. I always uh, go back and forth. I, I always talk about my son. I, I never wanted to be a boss, right? Yeah. I never wanted to be a boss. I wanted to be a leader. Right. Um, a leader is someone that has people that, that, uh, that follow them, that can learn from them, that actually creates other leaders. So that's something that I've always wanted to be. So even at 15 years old, I wanted to be a leader and be able to lead an organization, lead a company, um, my own or someone else's. But I always thought that I would work myself up to be a leader of a, of a company probably at that age. That was something that I wanted to do. I like that. Who inspires you the most? And just in general? The most. I mean, out of anybody? Yeah. yeah. Man, all you said you wouldn't elaborate. Um, who inspires me the most, man? I, I really have to say right now is my son. Okay, good. Um, I have a I have a fourteen year old son. He's a great, he's, great he's yeah yeah he's he's amazing, man. He's fourteen years old, straight A student, um, involved in basketball, involved in baseball, involved in um, different things in the school, and he you know he's he's open minded. He's a teenager. You know, he may not listen to you right away, but he's going to, you know, take it into consideration, do things on his own time. But he inspires me to be better. He inspires me to do better because I want not only to be able to support him and whatever he does, but I want him to see things in me that he wants to be when he grow up, you know. So that's my inspiration, man. That's that's who inspires me every day that I wake up. I love it. I love it. Uh, what's something about yourself that we might be surprised to learn about you? Ooh. Um, I would probably, um, <laughs> I would probably say, um, it kind of goes back to something I was talking about before with the performances that I used to, I, I really, you talk about take time to do, I used to write poetry, right? So I really would like to get back into writing poetry. I think that expression, um, getting the words down, being yeah. able to express yourself through words, through something so beautiful, uh, is something that I, something that I love, something that I used to do. And um, something that I would like to get back into um, at some point. So I love it. Soft, I love the it. softer side of Jamel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> what do you want your grandchildren to say about you? Oh, my grandchildren to say about me. Um, I would want my grandchildren to say that um, my, you know, my granddad. Um, was just uh, inspiring me to be better. Mm -hmm. um, he he loved our family, or he loves our family, whatever the case may be. 
but um, he really inspired us to be better, um, to want us to be better, to allow us to be better. Um, and that he was, uh, you know, that he was caring and cared about us and just wanted us to, to, uh, to succeed in, in any way possible. So, um, I, you know, I would hope that my, my child as well as, or my children or my grandchildren would say those things about me. Love it, I love it. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh, if I was a superhero, um, I would go back to the, um, my superpower would be able to, um, to, to go around and touch people's heart, right? Um, and make them in any situation, uh, put themselves in the other, put themselves in the shoes of the other people, respect them, like um, love them, um, and do the best for them. Not, you know, uh, it, it would be, it would be this respect and love thing. So I would go around touching people's hearts, touching their minds, um, and giving them that, that sense of respect, that sense of love, um, and that sense of that I can do it myself. I don't need to do this negative thing. I don't need to do this, whatever. So I would say my superpower would be to, um, yeah, to, to instill this sense of, 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 of respect and love in people. I love it. I love it. If you could follow someone around for a day, who would it be and why? Um, man, one person, right? <laughs> Only one person. <laughs> um, it's gonna be funny um, that I that you that I say this, but the one person that I would probably follow around today, um, today, is um, is Jay Z, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's I know that that's probably a different answer. A lot of people would say, you know, Barack or um, you know uh, Bill Gates or you know one of these. But the one thing that I talk about that when you ask me the one word that describes me and I say relatable, uh -huh. um, the one thing that I respect about Jay-Z is that he can be in a boardroom, really? he can be on the corner, he can be, you know, in whatever venue and he can have the ear of the people that's there. And I, I just want to, I would like to follow him around in a day just to see how he maneuvers and how he operates to be able to do that, to go from those different venues, those different environments and be successful in them because that's a trait that I think not a lot of people have one and that really allows you to be successful in a number of different things because you're able to work with different groups of people work with Absolutely. businesses work with the nfl work with you know rappers work with you know performance it's just you know it's um uh, that's someone right now today that i would probably want to follow around and just see how he engages all of those different audiences and how does he relate to each one of them that's a great answer What's been the one thing you have never been afraid to do? Um, the one thing that I have never been afraid to do, um, some people would say I do too much of it, but I, I would probably say critique myself. Um, um, sometimes it can, it can go a little bit overboard, <laughs> but sometimes it's, it's the reality that I don't think that you know, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I know there's always an area for improvement. What can I do better? How can I, and I mentioned earlier, how can I be better? How can I improve? How can I take a step forward? So the one thing I've never been afraid to do is critique myself. Um, I, I do have to learn to do that, you know, not put not not put yourself down, critique yourself. How can you get better? Right. What, what about this situation? 
would you have tweaked a little bit or would you have changed or would you have whatever? I could have done better in that environment. I could have been better there. And that allows you to be better moving forward to be able to put something into your toolbox to allow you to be better. I like that. What moment from your childhood are you most proud of? Um, man, <laughs> I got to remember what grade I was in. My, from my childhood, I would have to say, it was winning a spelling bee, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I was so proud. I was so happy to win that spelling bee. I had to be in the first or second grade. But again, it was something at that moment, like, man, I am good at something. Yeah. I can be better at something. Yeah. And even now, uh, people get tired of me correcting them when they're texting me or sending me an email or whatever. It was always <laughs> spelling them always whatever. But that was something that I was super proud of. I know that's uh, people, my son gonna be like, dad, you nerded out on that one. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it, was, it would probably, probably be um, winning a spelling bee at a young age because that really showed me that, that I can do well in academics that, and that, um, that I could be rewarded for it. Yes. You know, what does success look like for you? Uh, success, success to me is is um, is freedom, yeah. right? Yep. So when I say freedom, I mean being able to get up, make decisions that you want yep. <laughs> for you, for your family. Um, if I want to do this, I can do this. Or if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. That is that is that is that freedom. So success to me, being able to, it's not about money. Um, you can have the most money, and that, that is a level of success, but having that freedom to be able to do, to be able to share, to be able to um, say, nope, I'm going to go out and spend time with my son, with my grandkids, with my family, or I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go and take a trip to here. So just that freedom, that's what success looks like to me, that freedom. And I think that, you know, that's something that I want as an individual, but I think also as a people, uh, I want us to be able to have a sense of that freedom to be able to decide to say, I want to be able to do this. I can go out and do this. And I think uh, for the longest time, some of those things have been taken away from us or we haven't been given just that right to be able to have that idea that we can accomplish certain things. Right. And so uh, to me, that's what success is about. It's about freedom. Great answer. What's been the biggest lesson you ever learned in life? I mentioned it earlier. Um, it's to um, not, not be a follower, mm -hmm. be a leader. Um, God put you in a place he gave you a purpose. Um, you know, he gave you things that he you're, you're put on earth to do. Don't try to follow someone else down a path that, you know, they are going down. Right. What are you going to do? What are you? And, and I love, you know, my mom, I used to hate it growing up or whatever. I mean, you know, get that whooping because you follow somebody else. Right. But that's <laughs> the thing that stuck with me through everything that I've done, because if I hadn't been I would have still been stuck back in Ida B. Wells. I would have still been stuck back in, you know, in not, you know, in different situations or whatever. But because I didn't want to follow, I wanted to lead. That has allowed me to do different things, allowed me to go different places. You know, we mentioned being a, a, a um, teammate. You know, I wasn't a scholarship player. I wasn't someone that was recruited. I was someone that had to work. And I had a bunch of people telling me that I couldn't do it. Right. You can't go and play my, my, my high school to coach. He didn't mean it 
in a negative way. But you know, our last day, he was like, none of you all will play division one football. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, how, how do you know that? How do you, yeah. whatever. But because of our situation, because we were a technical school, because we didn't have the, you know, the, the athletic programs that other people have, he didn't believe it. But when I got to Minnesota, other people inspired me. Other people said, oh, you played? Oh, that's your tape. You need to send it over to the coach. So be your leader. Be your own person. Follow your own path. Don't follow someone else's path and don't listen to someone else that tells you you can't do it. You need to go this way because you can be your leader and go your own way um, and do things that you never even dreamed that you would be able to do. So so true, brother. And I'm glad we, we um, crossed paths as teammates as well. Last yeah. but not least, man, how do you want to be remembered in history? I want to be remembered. Um, I talked about being relatable. I talked about persevering. I talked about working hard. I want to be remembered as um, as a, a, as a connector, hmm. right? As a person that brought other people together. Uh, as a person that brought other entities together as a person that believed in in this person, believed in this person, believed that together we can create bigger things. Um, So I don't have to be remembered as the best businessman. I don't have to be remembered as the richest person. I don't have to be remembered as um, the person that overcame everything. But what I do want to be remembered as is a people that believed in other people, brought other people together, and that we were able to, you know, they were able to, um, realize some level of success because of that. Um, I don't have to be in the forefront. I don't have to be um, the person that's in front. But if I can bring entities together, bring groups together, if I can work with different organizations and figure out a way to help them to be better, um, that's what I want to be remembered for. So that person that cared about other people and brought them together and uh, wanted the best for those around them. Awesome, brother. You survived. Jamel, give yourself a round of applause. Oh, man, thank awesome you. Job, man. Hey, that was awesome hey, that was job. that was tougher than the circuit uh, when you were late at uh for, for football practice. You know, that used to wear people out. So. Right, right. You put them through the grind here, man. You did a great job responding to the questions out there, man. And, and folks, thank out there, again, if you're not inspired after hearing my good friend Jamel Carr, man, I'm not sure what's going on with you, man, but reach out to him. Jamel, um, as we're gonna wrap things up, man, on the final note here. Mm-hmm. Um The focus of this podcast is on two things, purpose and resiliency. What last thoughts can you leave our listeners with around purpose and resiliency? Yeah, um, purpose is big. Purpose is big. I mean, we have to, we really have to um, look within ourselves, look to God to really understand what our purpose is. You know, we sometimes believe just chasing money or chasing cars or chasing whatever. If I have all these material things, then I'll be successful. I'll be happy. But that may not be your purpose. So you won't be happy on the inside. So what is it that I talk to my students um, about their talents and about, you know, whatever um, their gifts and what, what do they want to be? And I always ask them, what what would you just love to do even if you didn't get paid for it, right? We always talk about that. What would you love to do even if you didn't get paid for it? Because if you do something that you love to do and not feel like you have to get paid for it, you don't feel like you have a job. You don't feel like you're, you know, um, grinding or everything is a hustle or whatever, because even if I'm only getting enough to survive, I'm so excited about what I'm doing because I'm living my purpose. I'm, 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 
helping other people or I'm developing this product or I'm doing this. So look within yourself to say, what is it that you really want to do? Um, and that's that's what purpose is about and pray and pray about it. Sometimes, you know, we may be torn between I want to do this and I, I've been there. I, you know, do I want to go back to corporate or do I want to, because I know I can make a lot more money if I'm in corporate versus me working for myself or working with students or whatever and pray about it. And um, God will God will help you find your way in terms of your purpose. Yeah. And then resiliency is is um, just about that whole idea that we talked about earlier. Um, uh, even though you're faced with those obstacles, you can't give up. You you it's you cannot give up. You have to persevere. You have to work harder um, because if you if you give up, I always say if you give up, you're not letting your just yourself down. You're letting others down around you, right? So resilience and, and, and perseverance and not giving up is just keeping on, get you know, keeping on, keeping on, as we talk about, keep on keeping on, right. but being better, yeah. getting better. Take that and learning. Whatever you face with, it's not just you don't look at it as a loss or something that happened to me or as whatever, but how can I take that and how can I grow from that? How can I get better from it? And how can I move forward with that piece? In, a, in my tool belt as a tool for me to continue right. to move on. So we all face tough times. We all face difficult times. We all face things that have knocked us down, but it's really important of how do you get up? How do you get up? Are you gonna stay down or are you going to get up? Are you gonna to continue to fight? Are you gonna to continue to move forward? Are you gonna not only uh, press yourself forward, but bring others with you to move forward with you? Because um, it's not just about like I said, it's not just about being resilient for yourself. It's about being resilient for those that you care about, oh. uh, moving forward for those that you love, for those that you impact. If I can impact one person today, you know, just by us having this conversation, then I fulfill part of my purpose, right? That's right. That's I've right. shared what I've gone through and how I've continued to move forward and I've impacted someone else. So it's not just about me. And I think that's what we have to get over. Like, it's not just about us. And we can't just look at it like this is happening to me. Sometimes God puts you through certain things so that you can come out on the other side and be not only be better, but you can help other people. That's a testimony, right? right that's so that's a testimony. So we are resilient. We have perseverance. We go through things. God put us through things so that not only we can you know, help ourselves, but we can also be better and show wow. other people that we're able to do it. So that's why I'm so excited that you're doing this podcast, man, because you bringing on great people. I've enjoyed the the ones that I've listened to already. They've inspired me, and I'm happy. I'm 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 really just humble that you even think enough to bring me on to share my story. But um, you're doing a great thing because that's what it's all about: is helping people move forward. Thank you, brother. And, and your message, Jamel, is going to be so inspiring for so many folks out there. Everyone out there, man, I want you guys to join me in thanking my good friend, the Reverend Jamil Carr. Thank you very much, brother. <laughs> man, you're moving to a reverend. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Tommy. Thank you, I mean, man. I appreciate it. It's amazing, man. I can't, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story. So, folks out there, if you're someone who is, has an amazing story of overcoming, we want to hear from you. Ask you to go to tawatson.com, share your story with us. Please subscribe to our podcast, Resilient Stories. Download this episode, rate it. Share with your folks on social media. And again, for everyone out there, thank you for your time today. Peace. God bless. Yours truly, Dr. Watson. My